You are listening to the Boundless Vancouver Sermon Podcast Series. We pray you experience the deep life and wide love that God has for you today. Hey, I'm John Evans. This message is from Mark 6, verses 30 to 44 on the feeding of the 5,000. It's entitled, Jesus Invites Us to Be Taught and Nourished. If you aren't familiar with this scripture, I recommend you pause it and read it now. John Ortberg was a pastor at Willow Creek Community Church in Chicago, one of the most impactful churches in the world. John calls up his mentor, Dallas Willard, a philosopher at USC. You'd imagine John Ortberg, author of If You Want to Walk on Water, You've Got to Get Out of the Boat, Soul Keeping, The Life You've Always Wanted, and The Me I Want to Be, had things down with himself and Jesus. But behind the scenes, he felt like he was getting sucked into the vortex of church insanity, barely keeping a grip on his life and walk with Jesus. So he calls up Dallas Willard and asks, what do I need to be? There's a long silence on the other end of the line. With Willard, there's always a long silence on the other end of the line. Then gold. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Okay, what else? More silence. Willard says, There's nothing else. Hurry is the great enemy of spiritual life in our day. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Do you feel hurried? How are you doing? Busy? Tired? Do you need a break? Corey Ten Boom said, If the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. I have to admit it, that describes me. This sermon might just create some major changes in my life. I'm prone to hurry. I take great delight in filling my schedule. I think anyone who peeks at my Google Calendar at work will see how hard at work I am. It's like I use productivity to validate me. And there's a problem in that. Productivity is my God. It competes with the spiritual life. I'm doing a lot of stuff, but am I really attending to Jesus, to my own soul? I'm a bit of a failed pastor. I'm talking to my friend, counselor, and mentor about it this Wednesday. And then I'm talking to my spiritual director about it on Thursday. You see, Carl Jung said this, Hurry is not of the devil. Hurry is the devil. So who am I keeping company with when I'm so busy working? That isn't to say God isn't in our work, but I'm tempted to do my work alone for myself, or quite frankly, to be busy to avoid people who want more from me. Do you? Wouldn't it be nice to take a break, get away and have some rest? Just get away with Jesus and be refreshed? Questions arise, don't they? Where would I go? What would be truly restful? What about home? Or work? People need me. What would everyone think if I took an extended time off? I need to work so I can pay the bills, take care of my family, and get what I want and need. Well, rest and Sabbath are built into our being. Jesus invites us to get away. If we don't rest, life has a tendency to build up and we're forced into rest with burnouts, breakdowns, and eventual death. 
Yeah, Jesus sends us out like he sends the apostles into mission, but Jesus invites us to get away after tragedy, hurt, and loss, just like he has been through with the execution of his beloved cousin, John the Baptist. Jesus invites us to be with him, to enter into his rest. Jesus has escaped the crowds before to spend time with his Father. This time, he invites the disciples, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. The apostles really needed it. They haven't even been able to eat, let alone have some time alone. The question today is, do you need to hear Jesus? Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Even in this time of pandemic, life can be busy, hurried, or full of things that don't give us true rest. Our busyness may not just be running around to events or taking care of work and children, but also mental and emotional storms that we carry around with us. The thing is that when we need a break, what we often turn to during our downtime can actually be draining. Scientists at Oxford University have shown in the journal Sleep that one social media use activates the brain, hindering ease of falling asleep. Second, light from screen-based devices like tablets, phones, and computers delay and disrupt sleep. And third, overall, the use of electronic devices delay and disturb sleep. So if we turn off our devices and turn on to God, what is his solution for the hurried, busy, driven disciples and clamoring clouds? Well, here are the three points. First, Jesus calls us away to teach us. Second, Jesus calls us away to nourish us. And third, Jesus calls us away to himself. Let's reread Mark 6, 33-37. Now many saw Jesus and the disciples going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the hour's now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages to buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. What? Me feed them? You told me to get some rest. I wasn't working, Jesus. I was following you into the desert. I could have been productive, getting fish, or earning an income so I could pay for all the food required. What is Jesus' answer to the disciples and the crowd's deep need for rest and hunger? First, Jesus calls us away to teach us. Mark 6.34 says he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. These many things are recorded for us today in the Gospel of Matthew. These blocks of teaching reveal what life is about. We won't have rest if we just go back to the same way of thinking and living. Insanity is doing something over and over again and expecting different results. And Paul tells the Romans, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
See, when we retreat with God, He teaches us who we truly are, who we are truly facing, what's wrong with the world, and how much He loves and provides for us. He gives us His Word, a gospel, a word of correction, a word of encouragement, a word of comfort. He gives us instructions on what we should be doing, and He tells us who we are and how to live in the world in an entirely different way. That makes our rest profitable. Second, we hear that Jesus calls us away to nourish us. Mark 6 verse 41 reads, And taking the loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. You know, when Elijah faced the great spiritual battle, he fell into depression. How did God restore him? He got him to rest, and then he got him to eat. And then then he made him rest again, and after that, eat. Only then does Elijah hear God's still, small voice. Jesus doesn't just teach the crowds. He sees they're physically hungry and provides bread and fish. Mark 6.42 reads, And they all ate and were satisfied. When we give up our own drive to prepare and provide, we find that God takes care of all our needs. He generously gives out of His boundless resources for not only us, but for those we are called to feed. And then, when we've exhausted our hoarded resources, the Father's full giving has only begun. When we give out of God's resources, the reception is sweet, full of the fruit of the Spirit, and having been nourished in God, we can freely give to others without expectation of repayment or having to have our own needs met in the transaction. When we give from God, we have leftovers, just like the extra 12 baskets of broken bread and fish. And last, we hear Jesus call to himself. Let's revisit Mark 6.31. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. This section sets up a picture in the code of Israel in the wilderness. Jesus is being like Yahweh, who called Israel out of Egypt, who heard their cries of relief from oppression and tireless work. In the Shema, God says, I am the Lord your God who took you out of the land of Egypt to be for you a God. God's avowed purpose was to create relationship with Israel. Exodus 6-7 reads, You will be my people and I will be your God. In the feeding of the 5,000, we see Jesus calling not only the disciples, but a new Israel to himself. Just as Israel was assembled in the desert around the tabernacle, the 12 disciples, just like the 12 tribes, and the crowds sit down in orderly groups with Jesus at the center. Just as Israel was provided manna in the desert, Jesus provides loaves and fishes miraculously. He himself is the bread from heaven provided for humanity's inexhaustible hunger. Well, Israel was led out of the wilderness, out of captivity. And this is Israel's new exodus. But who is their Pharaoh? The clues are in Jesus' compassion. They're sheep without a shepherd. 
Everyone's doing what's right in their own eyes. Their leaders, false kings, compromising priests, and ultra-religious lawyers put an exhausting burden upon them, not leading as God's covenant and prophets commanded. And this is why Jesus teaches. Israel had no direction and little attention. They were running around serving different gods, an empire's economy. They were burned out on false religion. They were serving their own moral bankruptcy. And this led to their sickness, blindness, and spiritual hunger. Jesus had come to be their king, to be their God, to teach them, to provide for them, and lead them in a new covenant. And when the crowds found Jesus, they would drop everything to follow. They would run ahead into the desert of scant resources, bringing nothing for themselves for the journey. Like the disciples, they dropped their nets and followed to what would be springs of living water flow. See, Mark is drawing our attention to the book Isaiah. In chapter 43, it recalls the Exodus. This is what the Lord says, He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, an army of reinforcements together, and they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the path. past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. The way out of idolatry and captivity is through the desert. In the desert, we find Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through Him. Jesus today is in your wilderness, the desolate place, inviting you to rest. He sees that you need a shepherd. He sees that you're exhausted, following people and filling up your life with things that don't truly rest you. The indulgences, the entertainment, the relationships. Those are your pharaohs that Jesus' presence and teachings will overthrow. Today, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Jesus will forgive you, heal you, and put in you a new spirit, a new way of life with a new destination in place. The reason we're so busy is because we're trying to justify, to validate, to fill our life and be our own God. But Jesus has come and lived the perfect life. He died the perfect death on the cross to forgive sins, to heal sickness, and He offers Himself today to you. This is the gospel. You can be free. You don't have to provide. God has provided everything in Jesus to make you okay. This is the new thing Jesus is doing, and He invites you to journey through the depth of your soul to find the freedom that Jesus is already there in the darkness, in the want, in the longings and the desires. He has bread for the journey.
Indeed, He is the bread that will satisfy your insatiable hunger. His Spirit will quench your thirst for life. If only today you will hear His voice. To close, here's Isaiah 43, 1-4. The words of Jesus to you. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior, since you are precious and honored in my sight and because I love you. God loves you. He sees where you are, and he is calling you today to himself so he can teach and nourish you. Will you follow him and get away in the wilderness? Bless you. Thanks for listening to the Boundless Vancouver Sermon Podcast. For more messages and contact us, please head to our website, byvr.life.